0: and as he wanted me to mature that grace gets pulled away a little bit so we work a little bit harder to find it it's not always right in front of us we have to kind of time to struggle for it and that's a good thing he's called all of us by this grace by his presence he's called us all to be filled with the fullness of god and in that he's called us to the virtues to be holy good Christian people. And so the gospel today kind of puts us in that, targets those things, the virtues. We see this contrast between rich and poor, the contrast between arrogant and humble, the contrast between selfless and selfish. It's very interesting, the one that was poor, poor of spirit, humble and selfless, was named and the one that was arrogant rich and selfish didn't they didn't have a name this is really an incredible thing because when we say memory eternal it's not that we want the are the, the memory of that person to be eternal in our mind we want it to be eternal in God's mind we want to be able to hear those words Well done, good and faithful servant. Jimmy, well done, good and faithful servant. We want to hear those words. We want to hear our name, remembered by God. The rich man's name was not remembered. Sad. We want to be remembered by God. So we want to practice these virtues. So the virtues for us, Uh, that we see in this gospel text are many, but several I will speak on. Uh, May the Lord lead me to himself. May we know the Lord in this effort intimately. May we be like him. May we be virtuous like him. So in the virtues, in drawing near to God and dwelling in union with Him, we have this opportunity. First, to be poor in spirit. To recognize, first of all, our complete complete dependence on God. We can do nothing good without Him. He is our strength, always our strength. Not just when we're weak, but He We always have to proceed forward with him. Without his grace, we can do nothing good. It was very interesting. I had a beautiful uh, meeting this week with a really good friend. And he told me this story, which I thought was really neat. You know, when we're dwelling with God, uh, and... uh, (laughs) and we feel close to Christ, and then we hear that little knock on the door, that knock of temptation on the door. He said, "Uh, this one's for you. You didn't get that. In other words, you don't go open the door. This one's for Christ. He needs to proceed you to the door, if you even go to the door. We have to turn to God first. We don't live a life simply by trying to engage the world first. Our effort is to draw near to God, dwell in union with God, and address the world from there. This one's for you. This one's for you. (laughs) Lord, go take care of this one. I can't do it. I open the door, I'm dead. Right? Open the door, I get crushed. This one's for you. I thought that was really good. And in that poor poverty of spirit, we um, need to learn to overcome and pray to God for those that we've wounded by our pride, by our envy, by our anger, by our lust, and even how we've wounded ourselves in those things. And so this is a very, very critical thing for us to understand these things. To understand that our poverty of spirit puts us in a place where we are dependent on God and we recognize very quickly our failings. Very quickly. No excuses. There's reasons why you sin, but there's no excuses. So we have to learn to to move very quickly to repentance. When we're poor in spirit, we get that. We don't make excuses. We don't justify ourselves. We just repent and turn to God. So the poverty of spirit allows us to do that. So the next is uh, the kindness that was demanded of the... uh, Let me I'm gonna back up. The generosity was demanded of the rich man, but he did not fulfill it. So we are called, beloved, to help those around us in need, to help the poor. It begins by loving God and seeing first our own poverty. We are one with everyone with every human being. We're not better than anybody. Okay, If anything, we should bow our heads to all people. We are humble before humanity. Lord, have mercy on me. And in that poverty of spirit, we can serve them with great love, not condescendingly, but with love, with equal to equal. So when we see somebody in need, That's us. That's us. We're the one in need. And the help we give to them gives a blessing to us, fills our need. So we always have to understand how important it is in generosity to see our own poverty first. And now kindness, this kindness that uh, was demanded of the rich man was not given. I was reading uh, some saints on this, and it was very interesting. In this virtue of kindness, we are to be kind to all people. It should be a, what to say, a characteristic of all Christian people. That person is very kind. Don't you notice his kindness, how wonderful and kind it is of that person? That kindly face, that kindly word. But it's so interesting because in this text that I was reading, Uh, The most difficult place to be kind is in your family and with the people you love the most. How does that work? The people you care about the most. It's where you're the most difficult. That's the most difficult place to be. Kind. Makes no sense. Well, actually, it does. Because they rub you, and they rub away that little bit of virtue and expose your weakness very quickly. Very quickly. Ever feel that little rub? You feel that little rub going and say, man, you do that one more time? I'm popping, I am going after this. Don't say that again. They're rubbing that little edge away. You know, we need to learn to be kindly in those moments. I had a great example My mother. And you've probably heard this a thousand times from your, your parents as well. If you can't see anything good, don't say anything at all. <laughs> and it was so interesting to me because I don't remember her ever saying anything nasty or unkind. What she would do, and it would hurt me, she would, as soon as she started getting mad, she'd just leave the room. It's like all the brothers would go, Oh, my gosh, we made mom so mad she left the room. (laughs) But she never said anything. You know, I think that's a great great effort we should all make. When we're feeling anything unkindly coming up, don't open your mouth. Zip it. St. John Chrysostom says there's two conquerings of anger. One is don't let it get up. And if it gets in there, don't open your mouth. So if you've lost that battle, don't lose this one. So kindliness, very important to us. To be kindly to those we love and care about. Um, it should be the spirit of our homes. Kindness. should feel kindness in those homes. So God help us do that. Um, and then finally... Um, the importance of repentance. Um, you know, the rich man, even after his death, he never repented. If you read the text, he's not, he didn't say, forgive me, Lord, I've sinned. He said, I'm thirsty, give me something to drink. And then go warn my brothers. He didn't repent. So we need to learn to kind of back this up. We need to know how important taking communion seriously is. How important we are prepared when we come to communion. That we've repented. That if we needed to do, we went to confession. If, if there's things that needed to be taken care of in our life, we made efforts to take care of them. I remember when we first started taking communion in this church back in the, 70s. That was the teaching. You need to be prepared to take communion. If you have something against your brother or sister, you need to take care of it. I will tell you, Saturday night, the phones were ringing off the hooks. Because people were saying, oh, I offended you this week. Please forgive me. I mean, This was so seriously taken that we needed to come ready to commune. And I think at times we just get like this is just a habit we come to church to take communion. Well, am I prepared? Did I do my pre-communion prayers? Have I repented? Uh, have I done what I needed to do to be ready to take the chalice, the body and blood of Christ? In Corinth, those were those were there were there those people, some people were there taking it unworthily and dying. it's, it's to blessing or judgment. We take it so we need to take it very seriously. And bless you all, you can take communion today. Don't feel bad about it. But here on out, think about it. When I come, the most important thing you do all week long, the, most, the thing you must be most prepared for is Holy Communion. The most important thing. There's nothing. It's like up here and everything is down here. When we begin to see this, then it really begins a focal point of our life. The altar becomes the center. I go to the altar, I come out, I live my life, I go back to the altar, back and forth. And I make every effort to come as prepared as I possibly can. So may God help us in this. uh, To be one, poor in spirit, depending on God in all things, to be generous with all those around us understanding first our own poverty, be kindly, especially to those we love the most, and to be repentant and prepared to meet our Lord at his holy chalice and each other throughout the week. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.